This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322. China's illegal police station in New York City shut down. But what about the Chinese consulates? Two lawmakers pushing for a new bill aiming to do just that and boot Chinese diplomats out of America. But it wouldn't be the first time the Chinese consulate in Houston was shut down under the Trump administration years ago. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Shutting down the Chinese consulate in New York City and sending diplomats back to China. That's what a new bill is pushing for. This comes amid the controversy of Chinese police stations operating on U.S. soil. Congress members Tom Tiffany and Lance Gooden are the bill's lead sponsors. If passed, the Chinese consulate and the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Office in New York City would be forced to close their doors. Congressman Tiffany says the move is to prevent Beijing from stepping on America's toes. Now's the time to tell them to stop. And the best way to do it would be to say, very clearly, we're going to close this consulate in New York City. And the people that were involved with this that are in the Communist Chinese Party, they're going to get sent back home. This comes after the U.S. arrested two men over allegedly opening and operating a Chinese police station in New York City. The FBI already shut down one, but reports from human rights group Safeguard Defenders shows six more are still running on U.S. soil. I mean, we're even finding them in the heartland in, you know, Minneapolis, not too far from where I live, as well as in Nebraska. As well as in Los Angeles, San Francisco and Houston. That's also according to Safeguard Defenders. Beijing operates a network of over 100 similar police outposts in other countries. Chinese authorities say these offices help overseas Chinese with their passport services. But human rights groups say otherwise. Well, one of the things that they do is they intimidate uh, Chinese nationals that are in this country. And that's really antithetical to the open, free country that we aspire to be. The bill also looks to close the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Office in New York, citing Beijing's growing influence over Hong Kong. But it wouldn't be the first time the Chinese consulate in Houston was shut down under the Trump administration years ago. The National Republican Senatorial Committee released a new ad blasting Michigan lawmaker Elisa Slotkin. The congresswoman was found to have signed a hush agreement linked to a Beijing-backed battery company and to have helped keep the project out of the public eye. Here's more. Can we trust a politician who makes secret business deals with companies backed by the Chinese Communist Party? Of course not. But that's what Alyssa Slotkin did. The ad accuses Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin of covering up deals with Communist China. The company in question is called Goshen, a subsidiary of Goshen High Tech. It's based in Shenzhen, China's southern metropolis. Last year, Goshen proposed setting up a $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery plant in Grand Rapids, Michigan. A spokesperson confirmed new details to Fox News in April that Slotkin signed a non-disclosure agreement over closed-door discussions about the Goshen project. Those talks, in Slotkin's words, aimed to understand the project's impact and if there were ways to help from the federal level. At the same time, the Goshen plant has been facing intense scrutiny for its direct ties to Beijing. The company's bylaws require it to carry out Communist Party activities in accordance with the Constitution of the Communist Party of China. In a March interview with Tucker Carlson Tonight, 
Former candidate for Michigan Governor Tudor Dixon shared her concerns. It clearly states it has to be the Chinese Communist Party setting up in the middle of the country. So you have a lot of opportunity to spy on the United States if you're right in the center of the country, and they're writing, clearly stating that they are spying on yeah. the United States. Joseph Sella, former U.S. ambassador to Fiji, noted Slotkin's background as a former CIA analyst and Defense Department official. He told Fox News that Slotkin knew state officials were warned not to sign deals with companies linked to Beijing. She knows well the grave national security threat that the PRC uh, presents to the CCP, and it's unconscionable that she would even begin to think about signing a binding and uh, punitive non-disclosure agreement with the state of Michigan uh, in order to bring a PRC-based and a CCP-tied manufacturer to uh, the heartland of Michigan. Sella described the agreement with China as subnational incursion. They're a national security threat, and it's uh, a toe in the door for future espionage uh, operations to happen, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks with the uh, uh, six police stations that were found and the 40 uh, police agents of the PRC and the CCP that were arrested in New York. Slotkin's office declined to comment further on the non-disclosure deal. Meanwhile, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has pushed for $715 million in incentives for the Goshen proposal. That plan includes $175 million in taxpayer funds, greenlit by a Michigan Senate committee last month, plus a 30-year tax break estimated at $540 million. The funding is part of the Biden administration's efforts to bring electric vehicle production back to America. And Goshen isn't the only beneficiary in Michigan. Ford is also partnering with Chinese battery maker Cattle to build another battery factory in the state. That project is on track to get nearly $1 billion under the Inflation Reduction Act, since the plant will be owned by a U.S. company. Altogether, the two battery plants will garner close to $2 billion in subsidies from the state of Michigan. Peter Hoekstra, former U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands, sounded a warning about the proposals. He said the U.S. is enriching China's battery industry at the expense of opportunities for American companies and for companies in allied nations. I think there are lots of people in America, there are lots of people and companies in countries that are allied with us, whether it's in Europe, whether it's uh, Korea or Japan or Australia, that are more than willing to put together proposals to take advantage of that one to two billion dollars. Hoekstra cautioned that Chinese companies could take advantage of loopholes in the Inflation Reduction Act. Ford said, well, you know, <clears throat> we're not partnering with them. We're, the, we're just licensing their technology. Uh, that's to get around loop. That's around trying to get around the rules and find a loophole that allows them to become eligible today. Hoekstra formed the Michigan-China Economic and Security Review Group to look into Chinese investment in the U.S. The panel suspects that hush deals involving Goshen might violate the Foreign Agents Registration Act. The rule requires certain disclosures of foreign-linked entities. The panel has asked the DOJ to investigate. Canada may soon out a Chinese diplomat from its borders, and Beijing is protesting. It all started with a Beijing official getting accused of targeting a Canadian lawmaker and his family. According to the Globe and Mail newspaper, Beijing had sought information about Parliament member Michael Chong's relatives who may be in China. Chong is part of Canada's main opposition Conservative Party and has voiced opposition toward the Chinese regime. The Globe reported that Beijing targeted him in a likely effort to make an example of this MP and deter others from taking anti-PRC positions.
Now, Ottawa says all options on the table to address that matter, with Canadian Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie adding earlier that she was assessing different options, including the expulsion of diplomats. My deputy minister right now is meeting with the Chinese ambassador and summoning him. Chinese ambassador Tsong Peiwu quickly denounced that statement. On Thursday, he, quote, protested strongly against what he called a threat. He also accused Canada of turning the situation political. One day earlier, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also chimed in. He says he found out about the intelligence report from the newspaper and blamed the spy agency for not passing it on to him at the time. Chong responded to that Thursday, saying Trudeau's national security adviser told him the intelligence went to Privy Council office, which supports the prime minister and his cabinet in 2021. The 2023 World Freedom Press Index is out, and China has dropped down to the second lowest ranking on the list. That's just one spot above North Korea. And experts accuse Beijing of exporting its system to other countries. More on this from NTD's Malcolm Hudson. China has dropped down to one of the lowest World Freedom Press Index rankings, coming second only to North Korea. It's the world's biggest jailer of journalists and one of the biggest exporters of propaganda content. But China's media control efforts aren't limited to its own borders. Fiona O'Brien, the UK director for Reporters Without Borders, said China is seeking to export its system abroad. What China has done in Hong Kong is to rip up the British Sino Treaty um, that was arranged in, 19, in the 1980s pre-handover and in complete disregard for that to trample on its obligations to press freedom. Um, its laws are extraordinarily restrictive and its ambition is to export the model that it currently uses in China to other territories including Hong Kong. Since Beijing introduced the national security law in mid-2020, the situation in Hong Kong has declined dramatically. The law means authorities can punish people for vaguely defined crimes, for things such as subversion, terrorism and collusion with foreign forces. But Beijing has the power to decide how the law is interpreted. Editor for BBC News Chinese, Howard Zhang, said a Chinese official called the law a hanging sword. When uh, the Chinese uh, government pushed out the uh, national security law, one of the officials did say, "This is we're not going to use it every day, but it will be like a hanging sword over your head. And uh, if you offend, you'll be punished by the full force of the law. He said that over the last five years, and in regards to press freedom, Hong Kong has gone from relatively free to strictly controlled. Business news and non-political news still has some freedom. But anything that's politically sensitive, and uh, I would say self-censorship is becoming a, a, a new norm. Most uh, journalists would know what not to say, almost becoming uh, as sensitive as uh, mainland colleagues. During the 2019 Hong Kong protests, Hundreds of journalists were detained, indicted and were victims of police violence. In 2021, a dozen journalists were arrested in a new wave of arrests, the same year that two major independent news outlets were forcefully shut down. More than five others chose to shut down too due to concerns around risk. O'Brien said the toolkit used by oppressive regimes is expanding and largely linked with advances in technology. Vietnam brought in um 
internet laws which were mirroring those of China a few years ago. There's a, a, a training center for journalists right on the border with Vietnam. So China is very much trying to propel itself through the region and beyond. She added that the international community needs to take measure of what's happening and work together with other like-minded nations to combat China's ambitions before it's too late. Malcolm Hudson, NTD News, London. China is once again boosting its presence in the South China Sea. Chinese state-run media announced yet another military drill, this time with its landlocked neighbor Laos. This upcoming drill marks the regime's latest effort to bolster regional ties within the South China Sea in an attempt to counter U.S. influence. Just recently, China concluded joint drills with Singapore in international waters in the same area back in February. China's defense ministry sent a working group to Laos, Vietnam and Brunei for talks on regional security issues, with a focus on bilateral defense cooperation mechanisms. Meanwhile, Taiwan is watching closely as Beijing seeks to boost its regional influence. On Thursday, the island carried out its annual civilian drill with a focus on a potential attack from its communist neighbor China. The exercise usually aims to raise readiness for natural disaster and wartime scenarios. But in the face of an ever more hostile China, Taiwan is stepping up its game. Taipei's mayor saying, Since the war in Ukraine, we have seen the international and regional situation change, so we have to make related preparations. For decades, the Chinese Communist Party has seen the democratically governed island as its own territory. That's despite never having ruled it. Coming up, more on the Chinese police outpost in New York. How does it connect to a certain network of overseas Chinese operatives known as Tongs? When the CCP launched its operations to begin you know, creating basically overseas operations of the Chinese Communist Party then, they understood the Tongs where you have to go to get that done. And so they started what they call liaison work. And as they went over the support of the Tongs, the Tongs then have to start serving the interests of the Chinese Communist Party. And the CCP, of course, uses those networks as a form of infiltration into foreign communities. Uh, they'll invite, for example, anybody of influence on trips back to China. They'll also use the Tong members as tools for you know, industrial espionage and things like that. The Tongs, for example, will go and mobilize, uh, you know, bus around people to vote and stuff like that. And you can, so you could even say to an extent it's possibly interfering with the elections. Uh, it's, it's real serious stuff. Joshua Phillip, a senior investigative reporter at the Epoch Times, has been investigating the issue for years. He's even received several death threats over his work to expose it. More on his findings after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Next, we zoom in on Tongs, a network of Chinese operatives in New York City. How are they tied to Beijing's overseas police outposts and to the Chinese Communist Party? We spoke to Joshua Phillip, host of Crossroads, about what he's uncovered as a senior investigative reporter at the Epoch Times. He's investigated the issue for years and has even received death threats over his efforts. Joshua, Philip, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Hey, Tiffany, always a pleasure. 
Recently in the headlines a lot, we're seeing all this news about the illegal Chinese police stations that are on U.S. soil, not just U.S. soil, but around the world. The main one in New York that was shut down. What exactly is the Chinese regime doing with these overseas police stations? Well, well Tiffany, uh, my work since 2008 has been exposing exactly those uh, so-called police stations. Uh, those police stations are what are called, or at least tied to what are called tongs. And the Chinese Communist Party has an entire branch of its government dedicated to that, to that type of work. It's called the United Front Work Department. Actually, two branches. The, on the government side, United Front Work Department and the Overseas Chinese Affairs Office. On the military side, they also have a political warfare department dedicated to political warfare, which operates through that same network. Uh, the, the, the phrase they use for that is liaison work. And, you know, it's interesting, actually, that someone finally came out and framed them as Chinese police stations. With this new one that came out where people were saying, hey, the CCP has police stations on American soil right in New York City. That, I think, struck a chord with people and it finally clicked. Oh, wow, the CCP has found a way to export its laws into foreign countries. So let me let me explain to you what the tongs are and how this works, because this is dealing with things that I think I mean, I had never heard about until I, I literally encountered them directly on the street and began investigating them as, you know, as my early days as a journalist. Uh, the tongs can be things like um, an iron worker's tong or a police tong or an oil worker's tong, all of which you will have in the United States. Uh, it can also be hometown associations like the Fukian American Association, the Beijing Association, the Shandong Association, or they could be things tied to family names because you only have so many family names in China. And so they're basically places where people can go. You can think almost like a community center tied to different industries or different areas of China or different backgrounds. And they give people the ability, like if you, if you need to find a job, if you need to connect with people, you, th that's where you go to get anything done. Uh, within the Tongs as well, you have the Chinese Mafia which is where people start talking about the Chinese gangs and other thing. Um, in New York, for example, there was the Ghost Shadows, there was the Fukqing Gang, one of the largest transnational organized crime groups in the world. The Fukqing Gang, for example, operates beneath the Fukian American Association in New York, which is known. Uh, they, they did a really famous human trafficking, uh, infamous human trafficking operation. Uh, it was called the Golden Venture. It was a ship that ran aground off the coast of New York. Um, and a lot of people died that was the Fuqing gang. They also offer those, but it happens through the network of individuals within the Tong. When the CCP launched its operations to begin launch, you know, creating basically overseas operations of the Chinese Communist Party then, they understood the Tongs where you have to go to get that done. And so they started what they call liaison work. They have agents that go to the Chinese uh, embassies and cons Chinese consulates. And through the consulates, they then do, you know, just foreign affairs work and they'll have events and they put they have it on their websites in fact it's it's almost ridiculous how transparent they are with it just being honest they'll have events with the tongs they'll have meetings with the tongs and through these they'll try to win over the support of the tongs and as they win over the support of the tongs the tongs then have to start serving the interests of the chinese communist party um, i should note not all the tongs are bad there are, there are many that are perfectly fine and legitimate and good, and they're not involved in crime. 
There are many that are involved in crime that are not involved with the CCP. And there are many that are involved both with both with the Chinese Communist Party and with organized crime. And the CCP, of course, uses those networks as a form of infiltration into foreign communities. Uh, they'll invite, for example, anybody of influence on trips back to China. They'll also use the Tong members as tools for, you know, industrial espionage and things like that. And Josh, it sounds like a lot of this has to do with control. For instance, sticking with this police station that was discovered in New York, the FBI recently arrested two men associated with it and said that while the Chinese regime says this is to help overseas Chinese nationals with their driver's licenses, the FBI is saying these people were using this system to kind of pressure dissidents and almost terrorize them on U.S. soil. So why should Americans care about this, whether the illegal Chinese police stations or the Tongs? Well, like I mentioned, it's legitimate and illegitimate operations. You can understand the Tongs as not just police stations. Again, there, there are some legitimate Tongs, so I don't want to mention all, I don't want to say they're all bad. But when the CCP controls them, they're not even just police stations. Yes, the CCP uses them to enforce its laws. Yes, the CCP does that. They work as unofficial government offices of the Communist Party of China on, on foreign soil. They operate like local, like local government branches. It's, so it's, again, not just legal stuff. And yes, that includes providing government services, like helping people get driver's licenses. Um, notably, it also includes voter, uh, voter mobilization. Uh, the, the Tongs, for example, will go and mobilize, uh, you know, bus around people to vote and stuff like that. And you can, so you could even say to an extent it's possibly interfering with the elections. Uh, it's, it's real serious stuff. And Josh, given how serious this is, what can concerned citizens do? Well, geez, call, call for your local officials to do something about it. Look, I, I interviewed people. I, I, I've personally interviewed people um, in New York City who told them they were threatened by these people. I have been threatened by them. Uh, personally, I was surrounded by several of these individuals, and they told me they were going to kill me because I was exposing them. I mean, told me to my face. It wasn't even like some written threat, several of them. Uh, I was interviewing a Taiwanese woman, and she told me, she said, they told me they can make me disappear. And given that, is the solution then shutting them down, or how does this work? Shut them down, prosecute the members involved in these operations, and don't go to the advisory boards because half half the advisory boards have Tong members influencing them. Again, in New York City, Flushing, Queens, for example, the police advisory board, at least when I was investigating it, uh, some of the main members on it were people tied in with the Tongs. And you even had foreign officials, sorry, not foreign officials, you had American officials working hand in hand with the Tongs. The degree of corruption in the court system and the legal system, uh, they have their people in them. And this needs to be treated like, like the same way as like the Italian mafia. They, they have people serving their interests in the courts, serving their interest in the police, serving their interest in politics, serving their interest on the business levels, and serving their interest at the criminal level. And they all work hand in hand to serve the interest of the Chinese Communist Party. Joshua Phillip, thank you so much for your time. Hey, always a pleasure. 
That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus@ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.